From WDBM, East Lansing. You are listening to The The Undercurrent. Our weekly news and storytelling program. Made by and for the students of Michigan State University. You are listening to The The Undercurrent. Undercurrent. Welcome to The Undercurrent, Season 3, Episode 11. I'm your host, Cole Tunningly. Valentine's Day is this Thursday. Isn't that, uh, exciting? I don't really know. According to an annual survey by the National Retail Federation, spending on gifts has reached about $140 per person across the U.S. Those numbers are from 2018. And only 55% of the people in this country even celebrated Valentine's Day. Are you in the 55% or do you not care? I don't really care. Valentine's Day is a multi-billion dollar ordeal, and I'm personally skeptical of anything that costs that much. Americans spent $20 billion last year. That's enough money to run our military for, like, three whole hours. Anyway, this episode is called Love Was Weird. I'm Cole Tunningly, and welcome to the show. Romeo. Wherefore art thou Romeo? (laughs) Deny thy father and refuse thy name. Or if thou wilt not... Be but sworn my love, and I'll no longer be a Capulet. Aside, shall I hear more, or shall I speak at this? Tis but thy name that is my enemy. Thou art thyself, though not a Montague. Today on The Undercurrent, you'll be hearing all about love, but we'll try not to be obnoxious and cynical like Valentine's Day itself. It's not all roses, chocolate, wine, and candles, and here on The Undercurrent, we understand that. We know that love is, and it always has been, pretty weird. Throughout the program today, you'll be hearing interviews gathered by Sophie Sagan. She asked folks around the station some wacky love-based questions, and they answered. In addition to that, I'll be relaying some love stories from history. Did you know, in September of 1992, Jan Davis and Mark Lee became the first married couple to ever go to space together. They weren't even supposed to be there. They kept their relationship a secret from NASA. In an article from 1991 in the New York Times, a spokeswoman for NASA said, quote, there was an unwritten policy not to put husbands and wives on the same flight. End quote. Jan Davis and Mark Lee just did it anyway. I think that's kind of romantic. According to an article in the South Florida Sun-Sentinel from 92, NASA had grown, quote, tired of the thinly veiled questions from journalists and the public about sex in space, end quote. I guess the American public wasn't mature enough, so NASA banned space sex before it ever even happened. After Mark Lee and Jan Davis made it into space, they wrote a rule into existence to make sure that no other married couple would do the same thing. I wish I could have my honeymoon in space. Maybe if we colonize Mars one day, I'll have a Mars wedding. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, all three engines up and burning. Oh, 
This is The Undercurrent. You're tuned into Impact 89FM, and I'm Cole Tunningly. Coming up now are the answers to Sophie Sagan's first question. What's the wildest thing you've done for love? So it's my ex-girlfriend. Um, it was about maybe six months into a relationship. We had a big fight. She was basically threatening to break up with me. And I'm like, I'm not ready to break up with her. So I go to my back to my house. I throw slap on a suit. And I write a long letter for her, go to Target, buy her her Mio, which was her favorite like thing to have. I buy her uh, Reese's Pieces, Hershey's Pieces, um, and roses. And then I drive to her house, I text her, come outside. I'm there standing in this, holding this cute, looking in her eyes, and I just tell her, I love you, and I want to you know, get through this. And I give it to her, she cries, and yeah, that's... That's probably the craziest thing I've done for someone I love. <laughs> I went to a lot of concerts that I didn't like the artist with like my first girlfriend just because I was like, all right, this is what you gotta do to impress them. I can't think of like a big event I've done, but I'm a big fan of really odd gifts. Um, I'm a big fan of crafting things. I also have made different candles where I like cut out like famous celebrities that someone loves and I put it on like one of those like religion candles so it's like they're praising these people that they really like and I think that's funny because when they open it up there's just like a candle with like Cardi B on it and like that to me is funny and then it makes them laugh and then I feel like I've done it and who knows if they actually like light the candle but at least now they have it courtesy of me so <laughs> no, wait a second. Okay, here's the story. I had my friends kidnap my girlfriend at the time in high school to go to a homecoming dance. It's like they like brought her into their car, <laughs> and she's like, "What's going on?" And we, I bring her to my house, and I like have like a my friend who knows guitar, and I like asked her to go to homecoming with me, and so that was pretty like that was pretty bold and brass of me. Um. Okay, so I was in high school and I had like the biggest crush on one of my guy friends. It was like really, really big. Like everyone knew about it. The whole school knew about it. So he was graduating and it was one of those things where like we were all in, we were all in choir together. So if that gives you any insight to like who I was at the time. For this, he was a senior at the time. I was a sophomore. So at the time we had like senior roasts maybe like making a few jokes about them as like a person and then like you give them like a senior gift and it's like very big and mushy it was great um so naturally i picked him because in love with him <sighs> i obviously wanted to like impress him and i was just racking my brain of how to do that and then i decided to like he was really into star wars so I decided to stage like this really big Star Wars battle with like lightsabers and stuff. It was kind of like a flash mob type deal, but like with Star Wars. And I got like the whole class in on it and like my teachers in on it. And it was really cool. And he loved it. I'm your host, Cole Tunningly, and you're listening to Michigan State Student Radio, Impact 89 FM. If you like what you're hearing, you can find the entire Undercurrent archives online at our website. That's impact89fm.org slash the hyphen undercurrent. Maybe, for example, if you don't have a Valentine on Valentine's Day, you can listen to an episode of The Undercurrent. It'll be like you're not alone. 
Anyways, this Valentine's episode thing is a tradition. We do it every year. So if you wanted, you could go back and listen to all the Valentine's episodes from past seasons of the show. We've done wild stuff, including interviewing our exes and attempting an experiment in matchmaking live in the studio. All of those are available online at our website. Again, that's impact89fm.org slash the hyphen undercurrent. Coming up now are the answers to Sophie Sagan's second question. Describe your dream partner. I don't have, I don't have no type. <laughs> I, I don't, because there's like so many different types of beautiful people out there. I definitely have a type. <laughs> definitely over six feet tall, because I'm that person. <laughs> and um, I like blonde boys, a uh, little bit athletic, but not like too bulky. Uh, my dream human being as a partner would be someone who is um, more than compatible. They kind of like challenge me and they deal with my insecurities. They also, you know, like to surprise me and have fun and do things a little bit out of my comfort zone. Someone who like calls me out on like when I'm like being like annoying or something is really nice or like that will like challenge me with like sarcasm or like stuff like that. Also, just like, I don't know, genuinely nice, good person. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just kind of have that, like, undescribable attraction, too. Not exactly external, but also internal. Um, funny would be great, just because that's how I usually open up with someone, is I like to make them laugh. It makes it easier to just, like, kind of get to know them quicker, is to figure out what, like, gets them excited and they can joke around with you. So that's important. Um, someone that looks like Jim Sturgis from across the universe would be cool. Just watched that last night. I guess those are like the main things. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm not picky. Okay, I am picky actually. I'm pretty, I'm pretty particular. But if you can make me laugh, that's a huge start. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Cole Tunningly. Is it an FCC violation to tell you that I love you? Heck. I don't care. I love you. Hope you're doing well, and I hope you're enjoying the show. While researching love stories from history, I stumbled upon a pretty interesting one. General Custer's wife actually met a trans woman in the Dakotas. In her book, Boots and Saddles, Elizabeth Bacon Custer dedicated a few pages to the story of this woman. She was called Old Nash, and she was a laundress who had ended up in Custer's regiment and married a troop. Custer described Old Nash as, quote, tall, angular, awkward, and tender-hearted, end quote. But of course, living in 19th century America, Old Nash didn't really tell anyone about the nature of her identity. It goes without saying that Elizabeth Custer didn't know. Instead, Old Nash just stayed quiet and married four times. Her first three husbands deserted her and stole all her money. She continued to live and work, do laundry. She acted as a midwife, which she learned from her mom. And towards the end of her life, when she'd married that fourth husband, things kind of got peaceful. Old Nash had a chance to grow old, happily married to her fourth husband, the only one who didn't, you know, desert her and take all her money. Elizabeth Custer's book kind of portrays the marriage as a cynical thing, kind of implying that this troop only wanted to marry Old Nash because of all the money she saved up. But in my heart of hearts, I like to believe that they were in love. I hope they were. I think Old Nash's story sticks out to me because I expected something awful to happen. And nothing did. I thought it was a good story. 
Welcome back to The Undercurrent. You're tuned in to Impact 89 FM, and I'm Cole Tunningly. Coming up now are the answers to Sophie's final question. Describe your dream date. Okay, I like... How long are dates supposed to last? So it'd be a dinner date. It'd be a dinner date. It would start by, you know, me picking her up. We'll be wearing, I don't know, maybe business casual, you know, something nice. I'll be wearing khakis and, you know, a button-down shirt or something. Uh, we'll go to a nice restaurant. Not too fancy, but fancy restaurant, you know. You know, after the after the date, we go on a walk around the park. It'd be a nice, clear evening. Lay down in the grass. Look up at the stars. A concert somewhere that we have to drive far to so that we can, like, talk the way there, get there, and then we don't have to talk. So it's like we're doing something. <laughs> Um, so that we're doing something that we like are just in, but we don't have to like constantly be entertaining each other. Um, we could end up getting food, but I'd like to start with um, like one of those painting with a twist classes could be delightful. Like, a, <laughs> I guess I'm trying to date 50 year old women. I think if I can say this, I think the worst first date you can do is a movie because you're just like watching something in silence together not a fan of that i think you should kind of do a little bit outside the norm first date roller skating ice skating and things like that uh going to museum maybe go to like dinner somewhere someplace chill and then maybe after that you go to like an arcade or something to like have fun because like i can't date someone who doesn't know how to have fun that's just awkward That's it for this week's show. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'd like to give a special thank you to our general manager, Jeremy Whiting, our station manager, Olivia Mitchell, and our programming director, Simon Penzi. Thank you also to Sophie Sagan for her work on this episode. And thank you so much just for listening. That's all you had to do. We put so much work into this thing, and all you do is sit there and listen to it. Isn't that easy? Maybe you should do it every week just to make us happy over here at the Undercurrent Studios. Anyways, I'll be here same time, same place, next week. I've been your host, Cole Tunningly. Have a good day.